You are listening to Real Relationship Talk, a podcast helping married and pre-married couples build lasting love from above. Got problems? Let's solve them. Because real trials need real truth. Now it's time to get in the game with your relationship coach and host, Dana Shea. Hey, hey, everybody. This is Dana Shea, and you're listening to Real Relationship Talk. You guys, today we are here in episode 99, and I have with us today Sean, my husband, and he is going to be talking with us today about how to stay connected when you're apart. And this was actually Sean's idea to do this episode, and so I'm excited to talk about what uh, what we've learned in times that we've been apart, and hopefully you guys will be able to glean some new ideas for times in your marriage or your relationship that you find yourself apart. So before we get into all that, though, uh, by the time that you all are listening to this episode, Sean and I will have just celebrated our 23rd wedding anniversary. And in 23 years, there's definitely been different times where we've been apart either temporarily or one time we were actually apart for over a year. And we'll talk about that in the show today. So without any further ado, welcome to the episode, Sean. Hello. Why don't you tell everybody about why you wanted to do this episode? Why you suggested it? Um, Because uh, recently we've both been apart. You're doing a little bit more traveling with work. Um, I've been doing traveling for years. So just kind of came across my head as an idea. Yeah, I think, you know, interestingly enough, in the month of June, our whole family was traveling. Our daughter was in uh, field training school. She's actually in the Air Force ROTC, so she is preparing to be an officer. So she was out for a few weeks. I had taken a couple business trips. Um, Sean, you had taken a, a couple military trips, and even the boys, our teenage boys, went away for a mission trip, and this was all within one month. So there was just lots of comings and goings, and uh, I would pick Sean up from the airport, and he would drop me off at the airport the very next day. So there's just been a lot that has been going on in our family. And so I wanted to really just set the stage for those of you who maybe you're wondering, my spouse and I are only apart, you know, one weekend a month, or my partner and I are more in a long-distance relationship. So let's first of all talk about the difference between a temporary distance and more of a long-term distance. So a temporary distance, Sean, what would you think? It would be something like... Probably um, two weeks or less, temporary. Yeah. So, you know, these would be things like business trips, you know, short-term business trips, maybe a weekend or a week-long trip. This could also be something like, let's say that your child gets sick and one spouse is staying overnight in the hospital, or maybe you're tag teaming it, where one spouse is staying Monday night, the other spouse stays Tuesday night. And so you're not technically apart, like in different cities, but you're not together at night. And so that could be a temporary situation. Another situation um, temporarily could be covid You know, we are all coming out of this pandemic and there's been a lot of people, lots and lots of spouses who have gotten COVID and they have had to shelter in place. They've had to isolate. And so think about that. If you are the spouse who has COVID and you have been isolated in your room for a week, then obviously that is also time apart. So those are more like temporary situations. So when we think about long term distance, what comes to your mind, Sean? Months. Month or months apart, you know, like I said, 
You mentioned earlier we did a year due to the military. So anything long term, 30 days or more, I think would be long term. Mm -hmm. And obviously this would be, you know, military deployments. Most likely we live in Virginia Beach, which is a huge military town. So we always see our neighbors going in and out, in and out. And sometimes these deployments can be six months, nine months, um, three months, you know, just an extended amount where you are not face to face with your partner. Long term distance can also be things like work relocation. So let's say one spouse gets a job in another city or another state, probably another state, and that spouse leaves because of financial reasons or whatever. And so they leave behind the family or the family's going to come later, but they're actually apart for a long time. Um, I know of a couple of people, actually, there's a guy who goes to our church where his mom um, is really, really sick. And so his wife actually moved out of state to go and care for his mom. Our pastors are in that situation where they're caring for his ailing parents up in South Dakota. And so his wife will go up for several weeks at a time and then he'll go up. And so they've been apart a lot due to an ailing parent or an ailing relative. So those are just some differences as to maybe, again, you're thinking, well, technically, I don't know if this episode applies to me because my spouse and I are only apart for three days a month. Yes, you can still benefit from what we're going to talk about. So let's talk a little bit, Sean, about when you were away for a year. That was when, this was what, 20 years ago almost, I think. Yeah, it was a while ago, back when um, the Gulf War initially kicked off, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was a long time ago. Um, yeah, several years ago. And so you were, you weren't, you know, thank God, you were not stationed in Afghanistan or Iraq, but you were up in Delaware. And so that's from where we live, about four hours. So it's not like, you know, we're just going to get in the car and make that trip every day. So do you remember what are some things that we tried to do way back then? I mean, this was, y'all, 20 years ago. Think about that. Like, I don't even know if we had, was text messaging even a thing? I don't remember. That was a, that was a while ago. Sure. I don't know. We had cell phones. Right. I remember us having cell phones, but I do not remember us like text messaging back and forth. I do remember, obviously, phone calls. Mm -hmm. So I know we would talk several times a day. Um, You would come down some weekends and then I would go up there some weekends. Mm -hmm. I think it was easier for you to come down because at that time, Chris and Kayla, our oldest two, were little. And so it was harder for me to get these toddlers all, you know, in the car and strapped up and luggage and all that stuff. It was just easier for you to make the drive down. But, you know, honestly, I don't know that we did anything like super creative. I think at that point in our marriage, we were kind of just like trying to survive. And so the the trips once or twice a month helped. Obviously, phone calls helped. Is there anything else that you can think about that time? I mean, the phone calls are a big part, you know, being available um, or setting a, a time when you can talk because you can't, due to the nature of the job, you know, might not always be available to talk at will. But if you set up times where you can talk and being available at those times to make it work, that always helped. Um, like I said, the trips back and forth helped. They were tiresome, mm-hmm. you know, making, for me, making it back and forth. But, um, you know, it helped out a lot. Uh, family-wise, you know, get to see the kids as well, spend time with you. Um, so it was really your um, doing as dual fold. It's just not for us. It was also for the family, right? Um, and also take care of things that need to be taken care of at the house. So, and it's also good to have a network. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time we had 
parents available to help, both her parents, I believe, um, and other family and friends that were able to help out to take care of things here when I wasn't available or to help out with the kids, you know, if you had to do different things. So that's a big part, you know, having a, a strong network with you. You know, a lot of times people don't have that networking to just they try and do it by themselves. And that causes resentment issues and different things, because one's probably felt like I can't do anything and you're doing this. And a lot of times, if we're being honest, system, uh, the male just the way and the female, the wife or so is kind of resentful and feeling like, well, I'm stuck here. The kids while you are just chilling, mm-hmm. you know, and living the single life. And just not really living single life when we're working and we're just like, this sucks because we go to work every day and come home to nothing, to mm-hmm. back to a hotel room. So it's resentment on both sides. But if without that communication, you really don't understand one person is feeling like upset or irritated when both of you are going through the same thing. It's just really open lines of communication so you can understand where both people are. Yeah, that's great. I wasn't even planning on going there with the whole resentment thing, but I think that is such a huge factor. I know, again, just with the military couples that we know, friends that we have, you know, you brought up a really good point about the networking. And I actually uh, reached out to one of my military friends and just apologized to her for not being more available. Because I think a lot of us assume like, oh, the military, they've got all of these programs and they got all of these, you know, different resources for deployments. But a lot of times these military spouses feel very alone, feel very unsupported, feel very overwhelmed. And so maybe you're listening to this episode today and you you're single or maybe you're not going to find yourself in a situation where you're apart. You can also be a resource, like Sean said, a part of somebody's network to help, whether that's babysitting or helping with meals or, you know, just helping out, just being a friend. Sometimes, you know, especially if you're a mom and you have basically your full day is full of kids all the time. Sometimes it's just nice to be able to sit down, have a cup of coffee with another adult. And so don't underestimate how we can all be a part of each other's network when we are apart. All right, Sean. So let's just talk about it. Okay. When we were much younger, we were dating and you went away to boot camp. Now, I'm just going to preface this whole story with saying I suck at long distance relationships. Like, I know that that is just not my thing, even long distance friendships. Like, I love my friends, but if you move away, I'm like, love you. You know, I just, I am not good at like keeping up with people. One of my friends, Shelby, she is the best person at like, she keeps up with everybody. It doesn't matter whether you move out of the country, she is going to keep communication with you. I mean, it's just like nothing ever changed. I am not wired that way. Like, I need proximity in order for me to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, let me reach out. But like, if, if someone moves out of the state, or God forbid, out of the country, that yeah, that's that's kind of hard. So when we were dating, you were in boot camp, and a lot of people, especially back then, now this is way back, y'all. This is back in the, you know, what, mid-90s, mid to late 90s, where we did not have cell phones. I guess we had pagers, but you guys weren't able to have your pagers. You still aren't allowed to have cell phones or anything during certain times. So, yeah, you go ahead and tell yeah, the story. So, <laughs> so it was just hard. And I know Sean carried a lot of resentment for a lot of years because he would write me these letters all the time. And I would get the letters, you know, at my house. And I was so happy, like, whenever I would get a letter. And I would always be like, I need to write him back. But 
I just wouldn't write back in that moment. So what I would do, to my credit, is I started writing these letters and then I just basically saved them all. And then I think I mailed you like one thick packet of letters. Yes, I did. You you got the thick packet of letters or maybe you got it when I got when you got back. Yeah. When you yeah. got back. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, it never made it to the post office, but my intentions were good and I was trying to keep in touch with you. But I think that that has to also be taken into account. Like, not that we should just be lazy in our relationships, but if you have one spouse who's just not, like, very good at keeping in touch, what can the other spouse do to help them or to not, at least to not get resentful about it? Well, like you said, I mean, um, that's something that the other person has to work on and be at, make a conscious effort. I mean, because getting upset is not going to change anything. I mean, it's really just something they have to see. Yeah, I guess you can express how important it is to you that they receive something, you know, or, you know, back then for me, it was just kind of sucked because you're out there all alone and everybody's getting something and you're the lone ranger just in the corner by yourself. See, and I didn't know that. Like when you got back and you told me about like how y'all would all be like in the in the cafeteria or whatever and they would call out like mail like this person has mail this person has mail and like when you told me the story of I was just sitting there and I never got mail and I was like if I had known that it probably would have been like okay Dana you need to make sure that you mail this letter you know at least two three times a week but I honestly I just I wasn't thinking that I wasn't thinking that Everybody else is getting stuff, and so you were going to feel left out. And plus, because we were talking on the phone every day, right? No. We didn't talk on the phone every day? I couldn't talk on the phone every day. It was like once a week. Oh, well. (laughs) So we barely talked, and it was only for a short period of time. Oh, oops. Okay, well. But anyway, that's in the past. Okay, well, I've confessed my my sins, and we're just going to go ahead and dead that one and let it stay buried. But the point is, is that communication, like you just said, Sean, like you have to communicate your needs and your wants. Like we talk about all the time on this podcast, you cannot expect other people to know how you feel or what you need if you're not willing to express that. So (laughs) anything else to say about that? Uh, We'll let that one ride. But I mean, communication is important because I think it's funny. I mean, especially in our relationship, because you're um, an on-demand person. So... On demand. Yeah, when you call, you run and talk, and you got something, you're ready to go. You know, it's mm. like your call and answer is that phone. Is that your nice way of saying demanding? No, on demand. I mean, okay. so when you call, and say, if you got someone in your mind, you're go, and, and you just go into it. And I'm like, sometimes, dang, I'm working. Oh, you know, so, but um, I think the difference between you and I, especially in these um, work-traveling relationships, is that, like you said, for you— Long distance relationships, you're you're challenged in mm-hmm. and you're working on. But I think you get engrossed in whatever you're doing, right. and then you that's with anything you do. I mean, once you get focused, you know, other stuff is kind of on the back burner. So for me, I've learned that I need to communicate with you. So a lot of times, I call and it might be a meaningless conversation, but I'm just trying to communicate, let you know everything is all right. Um, for you, I think you. Yours is kind of, oh, at the end of the day, let me go ahead and call and check in. So it's been an adjustment for me, like, dang, you know, she all right? Is she good? You know, I haven't heard from you. Just checking. I don't really want nothing. I just want to make sure you're okay. So that's an adjustment for couples to do because 
Sometimes, I mean, you get busy and you can't work. You know, that's why it's probably good to have scheduled times where you communicate with each other and also have the understanding, like the last trip you went on, you pre-surfaced with, that your boss pretty much said that um, cell phones are, you can have them, but not really um, encouraged to have them. He doesn't want people on the cell phones. So I knew going into that that I wouldn't probably hear from you as much. So I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm not, you know, expecting to hear from you 20 times a day on this. You know, when you call, I try to make myself available when you can. So things like that, when you have those conversations before and so you can know expectations and what to look out for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're so right about like whenever I am in my element, I am 100 percent in that element. And so I don't think it's not even like, oh, I should call my family. And it, it, it does not cross my mind, honestly. And so and it doesn't mean because I don't love my family, but it just means I'm so focused on whatever it is that I'm doing that it's like at the end of the day when all of that is over, I'm like, okay, now I can talk. Now I'm in a different state. A lot of times I say like my brain is like I am able to compartmentalize like a man. You know, a lot of women, for example, would be like, oh, my gosh, I haven't talked to my kids all day. Well, I'm fine not talking to my kids all day if I'm focused on something else. And so I remember you said that to me a few years ago. I think I was in Denver or somewhere. And you were like, you know, I call, you don't answer, you know. And, and a lot of times I don't just like ignore your phone call. So if I don't, I, I do not ignore your phone call. If I don't Why see, I can, cause I can okay? see, I can see your eyes. I can see your little facial expression. Somebody's feeling guilty. No. So I do not ignore your phone call. But if I don't answer you, it's because I'm either in a meeting or something's going on where I can't answer. And I remember you telling me, like, this is a few years ago, probably like 10 years ago when I was in Denver. And you were like, you know, when you don't answer your phone or when you don't call throughout the day, basically, like, it makes you feel unimportant. And honestly, like, I know a lot of people will be like, duh, that's common sense. But that was a light bulb moment for me. Like, oh, I need to make sure that I check in. When you're away, I don't expect you to check in all the time. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Would you, do you have something to say? Because your facial expressions are doing a lot of communicating right now. Mm-hmm. I do mm-hmm. not expect you to check in all throughout the day. Now, let's keep it 100% real. Trust is a big part of being apart. So if there's been a trust issue, then yes, that other spouse might feel like, okay, I need to know where you're at. Who are you with? So like a lot of times when you're away, especially on military trips and you're like, oh, I'm out with Davis and Peters and Johnson and Smith, right? Because all the military folks go by their last name. I'm like, what gender is Smith and Davis and Peter? Like, I want to know that. And so if, if I know that like, oh, Sean's like in a group of females then yeah, of course. I'm going to be like, um, I'm going to need you to check in. I'm going to need you to FaceTime uh, so I can see what's going on. But other than that, like, I don't know. I, I don't feel like I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's been two hours and Sean hasn't called me. Okay. That's, that's <laughs> the truth. You are funny. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So let's talk about what are some creative things that people can do when they are apart. I think it was maybe two trips ago when you went... I don't even know where you went. Were you in Tampa? I think, yeah. You went to Tampa, and I put a letter in your um, suitcase. And so I did it, you know, like, inconspicuously, like, when you didn't see me do it here at the house. And then did you find it the day that you got there, or was it the next day after you were unpacking? I don't remember. 
I just you found don't it. remember the situation. I don't remember when I found it. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> okay. easy. Listen, because that took a lot of effort, and so so you found the letter, and how did that make you feel? Made me feel um, important, appreciated. So because it was unexpected, didn't expect you to do that. But um, once I read it, I was oh, that was nice, really nice. So yeah, and that's why I called you immediately. Say you know that was. Very, uh, I'm very thankful for doing that. Yeah. So along with that idea, that's something easy, guys, that we can all do. Just write a letter to your spouse. Tell them how much you love them, how much you miss them, um, how glad you'll be when they get back home and hide it in their suitcase somewhere so that when they're unpacking, they find it and it's a surprise. Another thing that you can do along with that is um, what I found this idea called open win letters. So open win, W-H-E-N. So maybe you would title the the envelope open win, we've had a fight, or open win, you miss me, or open win, you're in the mood or open when and you can make up your own little category. And so the spouse that is away opens that letter when they're in that predicament or when they're in that situation. So after you guys have just had a fight, that letter that the spouse opens up might be something like, hey, I know we just had a fight. I know that we're not agreeing right now, but I want to let you know that I miss you and I love you more than anything. I can't wait to see you at home. You know, and it's like those small little kind gestures are what really helps the distance to not feel as as long and not for you to feel like you're so far away. Mm-hmm. You also, a few minutes ago, you mentioned um, trust is the big thing. So just to go back on that, that is um, a big issue for a lot of distance relationships, um, wherever you go for a short distance or a long period of time. Mm-hmm. So like for me, a few things, I mean, because it was an issue with us for a while. So what I've done, I've put some stuff in place just to try to um, build trust and dismantle any any thoughts or negative thoughts and stuff. Like for me, you know, I always kind of communicate when I'm going out. Um, from going out, hang out with people, what I'm doing, who it is, and I'll call because um, you you crossed over to Apple. I don't know why, but um, you know we have that thing where I don't I have Android, so I don't do the FaceTime mm-hmm. stuff. But I still will. Um, we still have ways where we can do it, you know. And if we're hanging out, you know, if, if I'm in a in a situation, you know, hey, this is what it is, you know. Like last time I was in Charleston, you know, everybody was hanging out somewhere, and I was just hanging out on a on a block, you know, because. I didn't go inside and just had conversations with you. I was people watching, you know, and it, I think that eased a lot of um, any insecurities that might have arose. Like, you know, why are you out? What are you doing? This and that. So once I do things like that, it kind of helps build trust. So a lot of relationships, if they do stuff like it goes back to communication as well, mm-hmm. um, being open and honest. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm going out with, you know. And if you have those conversations, I have conversations around people. So it's nothing for me to hide. You know, if you call, answer the phone. You know, why do I need to go run off into a quiet place? Because mm-hmm. that's just really, to me, suspicious all around, you know, to you, to the people I'm with. Like, what's the big secret and something like that? If I can have a conversation around everybody, there's no no secrets to hide and stuff. And also some of the other stuff I do, again, is I don't spend time alone with Female, uh, females of the opposite sex, you know, and if we go out, females of oh, the I opposite mean, geez, sex. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> we got you. You wanted was, to double it. You wanted yeah. to make that point. You there wanted you to underscore that point. Yes. So you know, I don't, especially I don't do one on ones or anything like that. And 
I have um, I just go out in group settings. You know, I really don't go out one on one with anybody unless it's like a close friend, um, guy friend or something like that. But I don't do a lot of one on ones with people and just just to, you know, just keep everything open and honest. Um, and I always let Danny know what I'm doing, where I'm going. Um, give a call when I get back and you might be sleeping. Hey, I'm back. And then everything's good. Yeah, let me just jump in real quick to say, like, I do appreciate that about you now. Like, this was not always our story, you all. But I know that whenever I call Sean, he's pretty much going to answer. Whereas before, it would be like you were MIA for hours. And that there is nothing that I think makes a spouse more insecure or more um, fearful that something is happening when you cannot get in touch with your spouse. Say it again. And so for me, (laughs) what I started to do was I'm bad. Like everybody who knows me knows I'm bad about like checking my phone. I have a watch. You mentioned I went to Apple. Like I have an Apple watch that sits on my wrist that is supposed to notify me when I get a phone call or text. But half the time it is not. And so I have to (laughs) I have to consciously check my phone because I am not one of those people that's on my phone all the time. What do you say? Take it off of do not disturb. Well, that, too, because I am on do not disturb disturb a lot right and so so yes i these are things that i'm working on to make sure that i am available when you call but i'm in so many meetings sean like you know that i'm in so many meetings that's a wonderful thing about text messages but i feel rude like if some especially if i'm god forbid if i'm leading the meeting i can't be like i'm a text real quick you know what i mean and so a lot of times like what will help me is if it's urgent for you to text and be like urgent need you to call me or something like that. Because if I'm like, okay, hold on, I'm going to step out of my meeting and I call you and you're like, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, uh, I'm in a meeting. Oh, okay. Well, and then you start going into the story. I'm like, okay. So. Wow. This sounds <laughs> But see, you answer the phone. So I don't know that you're in a meeting. Because every time you call is urgent to me. Oh, well, that's, so. that's very precious. I'm going to get there one day. It's not today, but I am going to get there. (laughs) So, all right. So some other fun, creative things people can do is writing letters. You know, I talked about the open win letters. Um, Another thing is obviously, y'all, we have technology. So email, texting, FaceTime is great. I love when you, because you do have an Apple work phone that you use, even though you don't use it for anything else, really. But whenever you would uh, like FaceTime me or there's WhatsApp, there's all these different apps out there that you can just in the moment, just show your spouse where you're at, you know, and it doesn't have to be like, hey, I'm being accountable to you and I'm showing you like just it could be a fun scenery. It could be like, oh, my gosh, look at this waterfall that I'm in front of, you know, and that way you can involve your spouse in your experience. So if you especially you talked about earlier resentment, I think resentment can come in when one spouse is having the time of their life somewhere and then the other spouse is stuck at home with the responsibilities and the work and all of those things. But if you can bring your spouse in on that experience using Like I said, FaceTime or videos or, um, you know, if you're in a group of people and you're like, hey, everybody, this is my wife or this is my husband. Say, hey, everybody. Like those little things to help your spouse feel like they're there with you. I think those things go a long way. Mm. 
And then finally, an idea is to make a playlist of music. So if you have like um, favorite songs that you like together, to be able to make a playlist and, you know, you can do that on Spotify or you can do that wherever and then send your spouse that playlist. It could be just a playlist of love songs or a playlist of funny songs or I mean it could be anything you could make a a playlist of like comedic moments that you know will make your spouse laugh or just things like that just things that will keep you connected I think the biggest word here is connectivity yep so even random pictures um, yeah there you go oh yeah Random pictures. I mean, I don't want to make a generalization, but I think probably men might appreciate that more than women. Like pictures of yourself. Mm-hmm. Oh, you don't appreciate the pictures I send you? Uh, I mean, <laughs> oh, oh, first okay. of all, you don't even send that many pictures. You send some. I mean, I like the pictures that are like fun pictures, but like if you send like just a picture of like yourself taking a, a selfie, I'm like, hi. Like, <laughs> I'm glad you sent it, but it, it probably doesn't do the same for me that it does for you. It's messed up, man. But, I'm but keep sending them. But the keep gym, sending them. Trying to work hard and, and show no, you something. No, keep and, sending me those. Uh, I appreciate. Uh, I appreciate uh. it. I do. I do. All right. Okay, you guys. Well. At times in your relationship, you are going to have to spend time apart. Most likely, there might be some couples who've never, ever been apart for one day. But most of us are probably going to have to spend time apart. Sean, you are a firefighter. I think you guys know that. But the job that you have now, because you're over the training academy, you are home every night. But before, you would do nights. And so when I was talking to Abe and Elaine Romero, actually, they were on the podcast back on episode 30. They have a whole podcast called Love is in the Air. It's an amazing, amazing show where they talk about their commuter marriage. So they live on two different coasts, not just in two different states, but two different coasts. And They have been married for several years, and this is the way that they've chosen to live their lives right now. And so Ayo told me that you and I are in a commuter marriage, or at least we were when you were a firefighter working shift work. And I was surprised at that because I never again thought, oh, like I'm in a commuter marriage. And so, again, if you are married to a military person, a police officer, a nurse, a doctor, someone who works overnight somewhere, you too might be in a commuter marriage. And so we hope that these tips have helped you to be able to feel like you are connected even when you're apart. You good? I'm good. All right. Well, thanks so much for being here with us today. All right. Well, have a great one. Enjoy your day. Happy 23. Enjoy your day. You are my day. We're about to go do something after this. So thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate you. Be sure to follow on realrelationshiptalk.com. You can find the show notes for every single episode there. And if you have not already rated and reviewed this podcast, I would encourage you to do so. You can send a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. And as I always say, that actually helps this podcast to be found by new listeners. And if you are a new listener, welcome. I hope that you will go back and listen from episode one all the way up to episode 99. And then next week, you guys, we are celebrating episode 100. I cannot believe it has been 100 episodes of this show. It is absolutely my pleasure, honor, and privilege to bring to you these episodes. So thanks so much for listening, guys. Have a wonderful week. I'll see you on the show next week. Take care. Thank you for listening to Real Relationship Talk with Dana Shea. Find the show notes, helpful articles, and more relationship tips at realrelationshiptalk.com. Enjoying the show? Be sure to rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And remember to subscribe. We'll see you on the next episode.
Finding uplifting news in today's headlines is often like searching for a needle in a haystack. At the Story Behind podcast, we believe in the power of finding heartwarming tales and are happy to share empowering stories with you every week. Hear about how Steve Harvey surprised a dying man on Family Feud with $25,000. Get inspired by the note a waitress received from a patron dining alone. And even hear about how one VIP passenger made a hardworking pilot get emotional before his flight. To start listening to the Story Behind podcast, visit lifeaudio.com or search Story Behind on your favorite podcast platform.